headline caught my attention over the weekend as I uh, know someone who might be headed to Afghanistan. Um, that the Syrian war is ending, uh, is, is reaching its end game, but the end game may involve the United States more than the preliminaries did, hmm. which, uh, you know, is unfortunate for us. Well, and it's also said the war may be moving to its most deadly phase, which is a horrifying thought given its, uh, its history. Liz Sly, the Washington Post's bureau chief in Beirut, joins us to discuss the situation in Syria and what to expect. Liz, welcome. Can you outline the situation for those not uh, familiar? Well, yes. Basically, the government, the Syrian government, has now retaken pretty much all of the country where the rebels that the rebels had taken over over the past seven years. There are only two main areas left to be taken now, um, and they are all along the northern border with Turkey. And for the first time, they're going to have to contend with the fact that there are foreign troops in these areas. There are Turkish troops. Um, so sort of it to the northwest of that area, and there are U.S. troops to the northeast of that area. So um, it doesn't mean that um, Turkish and U.S. troops are necessarily going to get involved in this in a, in a sort of very dangerous way. But what it does mean is that it's going to get very delicate from this point on. There is a risk of a, of a, of the wider war be, of a wider war being triggered, and there's also probably going to be a lot of behind-the-scenes diplomacy. Yeah, as you wrote, the opportunity to uh, for this conflict to now draw in the United States, Turkey, Russia, along with obviously the the, the Syrian troops and the rebels and everybody in that is uh, is higher than it has been. Who would be on whose side if that happened? Well, we don't even know what the answer to that at the moment. Turkey has an arrangement with Russia whereby they Turkey has observation posts under a sort of ceasefire agreement with Russia for the area that it's, it's in. It's not there as sort of a military protagonist as such. It's there, although it has been in some of them. Excuse me, it is very complicated. Um, but Turkey is there under the agreement of the Russians, but not the agreement of the Syrian government. Um, and the Russians and the Turks are trying to sort this out behind the scenes. Um, but the Syrian government wants that area back. Turkey is at odds with the Syrian government. Russia has good ties with both of them and is trying to sort of mediate some sort of solution to get the area taken over. Um, now, one of the reasons Turkey doesn't want to leave is because they're very worried about the Kurds establishing um, some sort of autonomous area along, it, along the Turkish border. They're staying there to preempt that. Now, the United States is in the northeastern area which is a Kurdish area, and they are there backing up the Kurds. So Turkey doesn't want to leave its area and hand it back to the Syrian government, at least for sure, until they get some guarantee about what's happening to the Kurds. Now, the Americans don't want to leave that northeastern area because, first of all, they haven't completely finished fighting ISIS yet. They are a little bit worried about what will happen to their Kurdish allies. And um, the Kurds want them to stay because they don't want to be taken over by ISIS. The Americans have another reason for staying there, which is that they are worried about Iran, which is working with the regime and would probably move into those areas if the U.S. left and the regime were to go back into those areas. So um, I hope I'm making this clear. I'm probably not, but it's extremely complicated. And we, no, and we left out Israel. Well, <laughs> right. No, Liz, well, we, we Israel have... Israel is in the south, and it also makes it even more complicated, but... The part that's happening in the north at the moment concerns United States, Turkey, Russia, 
Iran and the Kurds. Well, we we absolutely appreciate your your laying it all out and. Uh, I do have a mental picture of the listeners with a map of the Middle East taking furious notes uh, as, as you speak. But but the long and short of it is that the potential exists for some extremely complicated and difficult to stop violence to break out if indeed any of these uh, would-be combatants become actual combatants. Yes, that's true. There is a danger of that. I think the danger has abated somewhat from, say, six months ago when the crystal ball was a little murkier. Since that time, we've had Trump declare that he wants to leave Syria right away, and he did that a couple of mo- a few months ago. And um, the military generals had to say, no, we can't just walk out like that. We haven't even finished I- fighting ISIS yet. But we know that Trump is very keen to get the troops out of there. And I think America is considered like the least of the problems at the moment. We, of course, we don't know whether there might be a change in policy by the Trump administration, um, you know, he could have a big change of thought on that. But at the moment, most people are thinking Trump wants out anyway. The, if, there, if everybody else can sort it out, the Americans will go. The Turkey-Russia-Syria situation is extremely complicated. But then you have to put into that the, the sort of ongoing collapse of the Turkish economy. Erdogan is not exactly in a position to take his country into a war in Syria right now. I have a feeling that the Syrian government will see a chance to exploit Turkey on that and will be pushing it a little bit. But one thing, another thing that we have seen, though, is also that Russia, which has good ties with pretty much all of them, it doesn't have great ties with America at the moment, but they do have channels of communication over Syria. They are not clashing over Syria right now. Um, Russia has good ties with everybody and has actually done quite a good job of steering them all down the path it wants them to go down. Of course, we don't know whether it can continue to do that or not. The the demands and the genders and interests of all these countries are so divergent, it might at some point lose the plot, but at the moment it hasn't. So fair to say that northern Syria is one of the great flashpoints in the world right now? It's a potential flashpoint in the world, I would say. At the moment, we're building up to see how much of a a flashpoint it's going to be. Well, I think to the Western world, uh, the significance might be that the the last of the rebels and a tremendous number of uh, Syrian nationals have taken refuge in this region that's now under attack, and there could be an enormous wave of refugees heading in one direction or another. Well, yes, this is, this is why there is a lot of diplomacy going on behind the scenes at the moment, because everybody wants to avert an outright battle for Idlib because... So many civilians are there, people who've run away from the fighting everywhere else as the Syrian government has taken over territory. They haven't, they've been afraid of being falling into government hands because they'd opposed the government and they have fled north to Idlib. It's now the sort of, people call it the dumping ground for about three million civilians and a very large number of the rebels as well. Rebels from all over the country have relocated there. So it's got a very big rebel force. And then a sizable number of those rebels are um, extremists with the Al-Qaeda-linked um, HTS group, which is the former uh, Jabhat al-Nusra. And so, first of all, a war could get very, very bloody and trigger a wave of refugees. And, but sec- and Europe doesn't want that, and the West doesn't want that. But the West also doesn't want those Nusra Al-Qaeda types remaining too long in that area. So um, there's an awful lot to be untangled between the different powers. Liz Sly, Washington Post, Beirut Bureau Chief. Liz, thanks so much for the report. We appreciate it. 
Thank you. Good to talk to you. Thanks. And I read a different article over the weekend how Iran is, or I mean, Israel is absolutely not going to stand for Iran getting a foothold in Syria. So. Oh, no, 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 no. And Saudi Arabia would like any opportunity to uh, battle Iran. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I'm, I'm the one always uh, predicting the next World War III. But Indeed, that's your thing. World wars have started over this sort of thing. Got a bunch of major powers pulled into one little area. And, and the multi, multi-faceted alliances and, and uh, resentments and the rest of it. Yeah. And, you know, you have the specter now that, well, it's not a specter. It's just, you know, a reality of the Saudis on the phone with Netanyahu saying, hey, let's talk. Let's get together. Let's, uh, let's take care of this. So, yeah, welcome to the Middle East. Unrest in the Middle East is our headline. Yeah, I just, you know, it got my attention that the United States could get more involved, for the or involved really for the first time significantly since the whole thing started. Well, and I tell you what, in terms of us uh, at home, if there is a massive, by the standards of the last couple of years, massive wave of refugees uh, heading for Europe, the political changes that could cause and, and the echoes here, who knows? Who knows? That's the great story of the 21st century, the mass migration of different cultures here and there and the resistance to it. And Yeah, we shall see. Somebody texted this uh, this for some reason. Joey Chestnut placed third in a cheese curd eating contest over the weekend. Wow. That's true. Is um, it a temporary uh, fall from grace or a Tiger Woods-like uh, you know, vanishing act? I don't know. Actually, Tiger almost won yesterday. Yeah. Almost won a major. Yeah. It was what was interesting is we should get some sound from that of the crowd going wild. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting on how everybody, ah, we beat you up enough. Let's uh, let's cheer for you again. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely a, a feel-good story now. It'd be one of the greatest comebacks in the history of sports. Well, he 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 has been beaten up enough. I mean, he get, his his entire reputation completely destroyed. From hero to punchline. His, his facade completely destroyed. So yeah, the the now the people cheering for him like it was it was crazy. Yeah, he hit yeah, a good shot. And people just erupt. Yeah, well here we, he, ha- we he, have it here. Okay, this to pull even with Scott for second. Guess what? What else would you expect? And the size of the galleries following Tiger. That is sixty-four for Tiger. It was like Tiger, Nicholas, and Jesus Christ were playing together. The people were 50 deep, the entire hole, and all around the green. I mean, it was just, it was amazing. And if he hadn't been in contention, I wouldn't know the tournament had happened. And because he was, <laughs> right. I know. So that's what yeah. that's what it does yeah. when he's doing well. Right. Um, well, I tell you what, and it's an interesting, it's a good, you know, I could bore you to death talking about golf, but it's it's a pretty good story of redemption in that, Tiger, the ice king, the philandering, uh, won't even look at anybody better than everybody, king of golf. Uh, it's none of your business. He's now given high fives to kids oh, really? as he walks between holes. He, he he stopped and waved and gave thumbs up to the crowd a bunch of times as he walked over this catwalk to the scoring tent and everything. All of a sudden, he's he's humbled. And he's he's human, and he has a smile for people. Do we know anything else about his personal life? Is he still putting Perkins waitresses on the table after closing? Or? He got he got him a hot little uh, brunette girlfriend. Gave a big smooch to as he uh, finished the tournament. I have not seen her identified. <laughs> we'll try to nail down the Joey Chestnut cheese curd eating contest. Hot details for you. <laughs> cheese curds not Joey's strength, but third place is disappointing nonetheless. I don't know how many cheese curds I could eat. We do have to get to the story of that guy getting in the plane in Seattle if you haven't heard that. Wow, oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and uh, the radio transmissions as he was talking to the folks trying to get him to land. Yeah. Uh, very sad. Um, Amarosa continues to be a giant story. I notice on the uh, the morning shows, your Today Show, Fake and that news. sort of stuff. Is it fake news? I think it's semi-fake. I think it's true. The tone is fake. Lindsey Graham calls for a special investigation of the Department of Justice and the FBI. Oh, boy. Which is something. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the the nation. Got a couple of weekends left in my case. Um, got to do the school shopping this weekend. Get yourself some new tennis shoes. I'm sorry, what does this have to do with Trump? Get some new uh, <laughs> new clothes, whatever you're going to get, backpack book. Oh, here it is. Going back to school in Trump's America. <laughs> well, actually, that is part of... Oh, no. <laughs> they don't mention Trump's America, but modern uh, American. I, I, think, uh, yes. I think they're overblowing it, but... Um, making our children bulletproof. Extra oh, protection God. on back to school shopping list, you know, and and uh, you know, do what you think is right for your kid, of course. And every kid's different, but you got an example. Their, their opening paragraph is about a, a mom who, for their six year old, is buying one of these ninety nine dollar bulletproof backpacks, wow. which only does you any good if you sit your six year old down and say, "This is what it's for, and this is how you would use it." You don't have in their to mind, train with them, yeah, multiple well, yeah, times to do any really. good putting in their mind the idea that, hey, there's a decent chance somebody's going to come in and try to kill you in school this year, so enjoy school. And I, my personal belief is I'm going to do more harm for my kid putting that in their head as a six-year-old than uh, as compared to the likelihood of it happening. It's just I don't see it as a good trade-off. Right. Right. Do what you think is right. Man, that's just sickening. That's a heck of a thought to put in a little kid's head. Well, if you're going to do that, you ought to have a pit bull attack training every single week. I mean, given the numbers involved. Yeah. God, it's horrifying. It just, I mean, and they, 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 I don't think, I didn't read the whole article. It's really long, but the first half of it, there's no mention of, you think that's a good idea? To tell your kid how freaking dangerous the world could be for them and have them prepare for that, given the fact that it's so incredibly unlikely. Right. I mean, it's sure it happens more than it used to, but with the number of schools we've got in this country, statistically, it is not the most likely thing that's going to happen to your kid. Oh, no, no, no. It's practically impossible. Even now, with a horrifying level of these things, which should not be you know, minimized. Boy, but... if you tell your kid that they there's a chance they're going to get shot at school and buy him this bulletproof, bu- bulletproof backpack and then ever text and drive or anything like that, then you're really out of whack with mm. uh, what's likely to kill your kid. Yeah. Um, that just seems weird to me. I don't know. It's not on my back-to-school shopping list, I guess is the point, making my kids bulletproof. They just act like it is for everyone. Front of the USA Today, huh? Yeah, the, yeah well, the main story. Yeah, yeah. Also, another story about how often they get your surgery wrong when you go in for surgery. Which... Ah! 
Oh, boy. You go in for LASIK and they remove your prostate or something. (laughs) Happens all the time. Hard to imagine how that happens. (laughs) It's not even my specialty, but I guess I'll take it out. My prostate is 20-20 now. I'm an ophthalmologist, but if this is what you want me to operate on, I guess I'll get in there, (laughs) dig around a little. Uh, Marshall does have the story of the the guy jumping in the plane in the Seattle area, which is uh, damn interesting. And yeah, hey, do we have we need the audio of that guy's communication with the tower? Oh, I meant to because uh, that's the best part. Yeah, I meant to go talk to Marshall about that to make sure he has it. That's pretty yeah. interesting. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah, we do have some of it. Yeah, as much as we can get. I'm telling you, I did. I actually managed to follow that a little bit in spite of my lack of internet over the the weekend. Um, and uh, I found it uh, touching. Which is, you know, probably not a word you expect to hear, but if you heard the tape, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. The guy at the end of his rope. Do you have the tape, Marshall? Of the guy talking to the power? Yes. Yes, Yes, I do. Do you have tapes of the guy dropping an N-bomb? Do you have tapes of Trump? Anything? Are Are you you white supremacists? Are you secretly recording any of our office visits? (laughs) Oh, yes. Good. I'm doing. Excellent. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Excellent. Here's a question for you. Well, depending on where you live, it's illegal, right? Yeah, you, you can't you can't record anybody without their consent in some states. One party and two party states, and but I in don't a lot know of which states you can. If you live in a state where you can do two part, you can do you can do recording as long as one of you knows it's happening. Yes, and it's it's usually the person with the recording device. <laughs> <Right. laughs> yes, um, always, Jack. Jack. Back yeah. to you. Yeah. Um, if you live in one of those states, should you record everything just in case? Why not just roll tape on every conversation you have with your boss, all uh, anywhere, all the time? I wouldn't do it. To but. use that tape in any untoward fashion is illegal. I mean, you can't blackmail just because you have it, for no, instance. No, I don't mean for blackmailing as much as, uh, I don't know. Your own protection. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Amusement. Yes. <laughs> Amusement. <laughs> to play it for your other friends. Uh well, so if you're so your 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 boss tells a I was going to say racist, but now sexist anything with sex in it. Oh boy, body more attention. Story. Hashtag me too. Yeah, oh boy, exactly a yes. body story. Yes. I saw oh, her bloomers. No. Oh. So your boss tells a story like that, and you have it on tape, and then you just let him know it sometime. Yeah, I taped that when you told that hilarious joke with the sex and the. The stripper and the midget? Yeah, it kind of implied women are stupid. Anyway, yeah. it's a funny joke. I got that on tape because yeah. in this state it's legal. Anywho, right. see at the company picnic. Yeah. Um, wow, wait a minute. That's an insurance policy or, right there. Or is it going to make us all super paranoid that everything's always being recorded? Yes, probably. That one. Sh- probably should. <laughs> yeah. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, we got a lot of security questions after a guy steals a plane at Seattle Tacoma Airport. Lindsey Graham demanding a special prosecutor to investigate the Department of Justice. And we will hear from champion eater Joey Chestnut after his curd-eating disgrace. (laughs) So, Lindsey Graham, do you put him in the category of somebody who'll say stuff just to be shocking? I don't. He's no Trump honk. So, this is surprising. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and the Getty Show. From a weekend worth of news that's part of our job, so that you don't have to follow it every moment of your enjoyable weekend. Yeah, and you ought to thank us for that. (laughs) What a cesspool. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, officials at Seattle-Tacoma International Airport are meeting the data. Talk about how to keep people with clearance from breaching security or stealing planes, like what happened on Friday. 
Richard Russell took off in an empty Horizon Air Bombardier from SeaTac on Friday, performing acrobatic stunts with the plane, flying around for an hour or so. Which was something, because the guy wasn't a pilot. Right. He just played video games. Yep. He'd never flown a plane? Nope. Nope. So you can learn from video games enough about flying a plane to get in it and do loops? That's amazing. Well, he was a ground service agent. So uh, you I'm don't not sure necessarily... that gives you a lot of special insight into flying a plane. No, you, but you at least are somewhat familiar with it, and you, you know, it's easier. It's complicated, but it's easier to take off than it is to land. Yeah, those, <laughs> I mean, those yes. are two very different things. Anyway, Russell was flying around doing uh, doing uh, stunts and communicating with the air traffic controllers before crashing. I got a lot of people that care about me, and uh, it's going to disappoint them. To, to hear that I did this, um, I would like to apologize to each and every one of them. Um, just a broken guy, got a few screws loose, I guess. Never really knew it until now. It is wow. still unclear if he deliberately crashed the plane or if it was accidental, but in one of his last messages, Russell said, I'm going to try to do a barrel roll. And if that goes good, I'll just go nose down and call the night. Well, that okay. I'd say that's, that's a sign. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty clear. Yeah. There are questions about how Russell, again, uh, was able to take the passenger plane without authorization. The plane had been parked at a cargo and maintenance area in the night. Although the plane doesn't have a key, buttons and switches all need to be activated in a particular order. And again, you need to have some flight knowledge to get the plane into the air. Yeah, so part of the conversation is obviously... Um See, somebody hijacked planes once and flew them into buildings and used it as a terrorist weapon. So you don't want just anybody to be able to jump into a plane and fly it wherever they want. So there's that angle of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've gotten a couple of texts before we even started this story. Why are you guys um, uh, glorifying the worst day of this guy's life? You know, what is this going to do to mentally ill people to highlight this, etc., etc.? Hmm, interesting. Hadn't really thought of it like that. Not sure I'm buying that argument, but uh, don't mind you offering it. Would a person be more likely to kill themselves if they thought, you know, their final words would be... He didn't know that his, these words were going to be heard Uh-oh. everywhere. Nope. No, and there was no premeditation of that. I don't, I don't know. I just think it's sad. And, and the guy, you know, obviously he did it, but it reminds me of the stories of... And we've talked to a number of folks who jumped off specifically the Golden Gate Bridge. To kill themselves because a small percentage survive it. Right. And each one of them has said exactly the same thing. The moment I left the railing, I wanted to live. Um, you know, so if you're uh, if you're down, you're depressed, you're contemplating ending it all, just remember that. The moment you right. leave the railing, you're going to want to live. So I don't, try to find that hope somewhere. So how long is the tape of this all, Sean? Uh, there's a, I've got another like minute thirty clip of it, but there's there's a lot of tape. I don't know the full yeah. total runtime. I find it pretty interesting. Maybe we'll play some more of that later. Do you think it's okay or is that macabre? Oh, I don't know. You know, it's funny. I listen to it and I just think that poor son of a gun. He just he was down. He made a mistake. He didn't know how to fix it. I don't know. I just does he get into the specifics of what uh, upset his life so much? Not that, that I've heard. Uh-uh. No uh, relationship heard. or financial. No, he talks a fair amount about uh, they're trying to get him want him to land and he talks about he doesn't want to hurt anybody does he have kids uh, i know he had a wife that they opened yeah. up business with i saw one story mentioned that i didn't see right. any mention of kids though 
They, uh, his friends are saying he was a well-liked Christian youth leader who was described by his friends and family as quiet, warm, and compassionate. Mm. Everybody was very shocked that this happened. South Carolina Republican Senator Lindsey Graham wants a special counsel to investigate the Department of Justice. On Fox News Sunday, Senator Graham said that DOJ official Bruce Orr should not have been involved with the investigation into the Trump campaign. When it came to the Clinton campaign, she got a pass. The criminal investigation of the Clinton campaign was a joke. When it came to the Trump campaign, it was corrupt, it was biased, and I think unethical. As an explanation, Graham says it is unethical because... His wife worked for Fusion GPS. They hired Christopher Steele, a former British uh, agent who went to Russia to, to gather a dossier that I think is a bunch of political garbage. Well, we talked about this on Friday, the string of emails between that Richard Steele character, Bruce Orr in the Justice Department, various people with right. Fusion GPS, um, one of whom was representing an, a Russian oligarch. And Bruce Orr appeared to be part of their their business. Very strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, that's why uh, that's why Lindsey Graham is stepping up on this. And one of the world's greatest eating contest champions came up short in Wisconsin. Hot dog eating champ Joey Chestnut, San Jose, California's own Joey Chestnut, and came... one of the world's greatest eaters on a, of a number of different kinds of foods. Indeed, oh, but the greatest of all time. He came. He, he's the goat, and he can probably eat a lot of goats too. <laughs> Marshall, back to you. He came in third place in the cheese curd eating contest at the Wisconsin State Fair competition on Saturday. No excuses. I just was slow. Uh, I, I didn't find a fast rhythm. I didn't, my technique was a little bit slow. So uh, next year, if, I, if they have me back next year, I'm gonna I'm gonna find a faster way to eat them. And uh, I, there's nothing worse than getting third. Listen wait, to that. Wait that's, a, <laughs> that's a winner right there. Wait a second. So his strategy is to find a faster way. To eat cheese curds. Right. To win the contest. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, how many are we talking here? Well, the the winner, the guy who won, scarfed down five pounds, two ounces of curds in six minutes. You would never poo again. Five pounds of cheese (laughs) curds. You would be constipated till the year 2026. (laughs) Oh, my God. That can't be good for you. Oh, boy. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Your heart would cut its way out of your chest and leave. So how much it money would, would I? How much money would I have to give you, Sean, to get you to eat five pounds of cheese curds? <laughs> oh man, <laughs> what's the time frame? Like same week? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to think this through. I'd have to see five pounds. Yeah. Yeah. I think I it would give you a day. I don't even know if I've ever had a cheese curd. <laughs> oh, a delicious snack, but the one thing about them is they're filling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. So, Movie Pass was uh, dropping off a cliff. A couple of your big Wall Street firms were making millions while they were still telling you it was a good company to buy. Um, they were uh, they were making money on the back end. That's that's nice, isn't it? It's as if they're a bunch of liars. <laughs> Among other things to tell you about coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You want to try to do a barrel roll? And if that goes good, I'll just go nose down and call it a night. 
I think that removes all doubt as to what his intent was. Is that yeah. is that are people actually acting like that's a question? Well, the, the NTSB has to be sure, I guess, to to you know sign the forms and the rest of it. But clearly, yeah, the guy was at the end of his rope. He decided to end it. So, a guy who nobody knows if he'd had any uh, training on flying a, pl- a plane at all, let alone this particular plane, jumped in the plane, suicidal, flew around for a while. How long was he actually in the air? I don't remember. Quite a while, though. Um, according to the Alaska Air CEO, who owned the plane, there were some maneuvers that were done that were incredible maneuvers. I don't know how he achieved the experience that he did to fly that plane that way. Commercial aircraft are complex machines. It's not as easy as to fly a small plane like a Cessna 150. Um, and uh, the tape is out of the conversation between him and the tower. It's it's interesting that he engaged in conversation. Obviously, he could have just flown it around in silence for a oh, while. It's before a 76 seater. Yeah, it's a very big plane. I thought it was one of those kind of medium com- commuter planes. No, no a that's a d- big plane. Dang big plane. Yeah. You know, and I wouldn't have—I wouldn't have been able to tell you you could even do loop de loops and barrel rolls in a plane like that. I apparently, you can. Uh, apparently, you can. Um, I hope they don't next time I'm on one. The pilot said at one point, "Can this thing do a backflip?" You think? Oh, so he didn't know that it could do that. You know, I, it maybe would th- seem he would just thought, "Oh, I'm going to give it a whirl." Maybe that's why I find this so touching and and sad and 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 almost bittersweet is that guy. He obviously had a sense of humor and curiosity and adventure, and he wanted to try some stuff. And yet he was intent on ending his life. Yeah. Well, and everybody says he was a sweet guy. Uh, we got some texts uh, about this, but let's hear a little more of his conversation with the tower before we do that. There is the, uh, the runway just off your right side in about a mile. Do you see that? That's McCord uh, Field. Oh, man, those guys will rough me up if I uh, try landing there. I think I'd... I think I might mess something up there, too. I wouldn't want to do that. Uh, hopefully, oh, they probably got anti-aircraft. No, they don't have any of that stuff. Uh, we, we're just trying to find a place for you to land safely. Yeah, not quite ready to bring it down just yet, but holy smokes, I got to I gotta stop looking at the fuel because it's going down quick. This is probably uh, like jail time for life, huh? I, I mean, I would hope it is for a guy like me. I don't need that much help. I played some video games before. Uh, I would like to figure out how to get this cabin altitude. Like I know where the box is. I would like to get some, uh, make it, make it pressurized or something, so I'm not so lightheaded. I wouldn't know how to land it. I wasn't really planning on landing it. Uh, minimum wage. We'll we'll uh, chalk it up to that. Maybe that'll uh, grease the gears a little bit with the higher up. Damn it, Andrew! People's lives are at stake here. Now, Rich, don't, don't say stuff like that. Nah, I just told you, I'm not, I don't want to hear that one. I just want you to whisper sweet nothings into my ear. Hmm, is he wow. drunk? No, I don't think so. No. That was the first, I think he was crying there. I'm not sure. Wow. Wow. Uh, we got this text. His suicide wasn't harmless or heroic, and yet we're giving the notoriety that this nobody was seeking. Thank, I, don't, I don't get any sense that he was seeking notoriety. I, no, I don't I have disagree. any sense that he felt like this was all going to be aired nationally a couple of days later. Um, uh, yeah, uh, listen. Thank goodness I, he didn't take anybody with him. That in itself is a miracle, right. not some kind of calculation on this guy's part. Well, you heard him. He was calculating it. 
He was trying not to do that. Yeah, he was specifically stating he wasn't going to. Not to mention the enormous expense of the plane he destroyed. That is definitely something. Somebody's eating several million dollars. Right. Passengers, probably. Um, You know, listen, a a lot of you or some of you are writing in are motivated by the whole A&G principle of not glorifying school shooters and making heroes of these people. And I get it. And I appreciate you being on our side about this. I just, you know, speaking for myself, I find this just a really fascinating strange, sad look at a guy who didn't want to live anymore in spite of, you know, all the positives he had going for him. So I don't know. Maybe you're right. I don't know. I've always wondered this. Is is somebody wanting to uh, end their life earlier than than nature's plan, uh, is it automatically mean you're crazy or or mentally ill or need help? Or or do people as, you know, with free will and whatever, do they get a a chance to say, you know what, uh, this is as much of this as I want, for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, no, it's not always tragic and horrific. You know, I don't want to get too heavy, but no, there are some cases where I've had enough. Um, it's pretty hard to not end up uh, to end up in a situation where it's not uh, a quite selfish act. I mean, uh, which one of the celebrity suicides recently, they had an 11-year-old girl. You ain't doing them any good. I think it was uh, Bourdain, right? Uh, yeah, it was either him or the, the, the spade woman. But you're not doing them any good. Right. I mean, come on now. So you're not happy with life? Well, tough it out, in, you know, in, at least until they're adults. But then if you're mentally ill, it's a different question. But right. if you're making rational decisions of, you know, I've had enough of this. Well, they haven't had enough of you. So it's hard, mm. hard to make that argument. Uh, so anyway, just for the record, uh, put certain people's minds at ease. We're against people stealing airplanes and flying them around like lunatics and then crashing them to commit suicide. We are against that. We're not trying to gl- glorify it in any way. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, it's, uh, I'm shocked at how many angry textures we have for airing that. Well, everybody's angry about everything these days, which takes some of the fun out of getting angry texts. Yeah. I can't believe you stupid effers talking about how it's hotter this week than it's been lately. I just hate you. Why are you raping my ears with temperatures? I mean, everybody's... Good question. Uh, did you mention, Sean, that there were uh, fighter jets following in and around? Yes, yes. Yeah, somebody said, why wasn't the plane shot down? Boy, you get closer to 9-11 by a few years, and it would have been shot out of the sky. Yeah, you got to keep in mind the hijackers uh, screed to the passengers. Their pitch was that, look, we're not going to hurt anybody. We're just, this is a political thing. Everybody enjoy your in-flight meal because they didn't want resistance from the passengers. It was only, you know, after several of them crashed that people in the air got the word that, oh, no, they're not going to be nice to you. They're going to kill you, that, that anybody fought back. So, yeah, I suppose you could make the argument that the guys seeming concern for people on the ground and 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 lack of aggression or all could have been a ruse if he's headed for a mariners baseball game or something like that i don't i don't know where a big crowd was at the time but you could have found one pretty easy sure Um, sure hmm that's that's an interesting question yeah his his joking around about they probably got anti-aircraft they they don't have anti-aircraft guns over there at the the little airport yeah uh yeah that's an interesting call i don't he sounds a little off his rocker, don't you think? Uh, well, I think the circumstances were crazy. Yeah. Plus, he's a non-pilot flying around, so I'd imagine he was a little giddy. Um, I'm just I'm thinking through the whole shoot him down, cho- don't shoot him down thing. He had no indication that he had any ill intent. 
whatsoever. They were still trying to get him to land, and he was making noises like he might. I don't know. It's a tough call. Yeah, well, and he was also, it seemed to me like he was thinking it through, at least at least giving it a thought of landing, but then thinking the amount of trouble he would be in. So he, was all, he already had whatever troubles that drove him to want to kill himself. And then when, uh, when he's up in the air, confronted with, uh, why don't you just land? He thought, well, okay. So I still got my normal troubles. Now I've got the how much trouble am I in legally for stealing a plane, right. endangering people, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, although if I was a, a ground control guy, I'd like to think I'd have been a, done a better job than that. Because there's no way he'd go to jail for the rest of his life. You're guilty of grand theft. And, you know, flying without a license. I'd say, nah, don't worry about it, dude. You get the help you need. Come on down. You meet some nice people in prison. Maybe pick up some skills. I'm just going to read this text. Should I read this test? text? I don't know. Nah, I won't. Okay. Now I want to know what it is. Yeah, yeah go ahead and read it. It's not fair, and there's no tr- nobody, no information on this whatsoever. Youth pastor, there'll be some molestation accusations coming out. All right. Uh, so coming up, the bugaboo of white supremacy. So lurking around every corner. 40,000 marched in front of the... I'm sorry, 4,000. I'm sorry, 400. I'm sorry, 40. Keep trying. People marched in front of the White House. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.